I don't think you give it as credit where credit's due. Our rewinders have done things which nobody has ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your rewinders were so preoccupied over whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think they should. Anaconda. Anaconda is a movie on the verge of being forgotten. No, no. No, no. If we were to rewatch Anaconda, you wouldn't have anything to say. No, no. Listen, this isn't some movie that was obliterated by um bad CGI or uh, the presence of Ice Cube. Jurassic Park uh, had its time at the top, and nature selected it to not be rewound. Then why are we rewatching 1993's Jurassic Park? Because, because this, this is a pointless rewind. Hi everybody, this is Pointless Rewind, a podcast where we rewatch, rehash, review, and rewind our way through pop culture from our past. I'm Chandra Ravindran, and I'm here with Anthony Ryan. Hello, hello. And Eric Swordlove. How's it going? And today we are going to talk about Jurassic Park. You guys pumped for this conversation? I am. Oh joy. Yeah, this is uh this is the first movie that I remember as a kid, like just, you know, like the media blitz being inundated with commercials, you know, like, you know, it was probably in McDonald's commercials, you know, obviously the movie commercials, but it was all over the place. And I remember being excited about it. And then I did not see it in the theaters. What about you guys? <laughs> I do remember the ad blitz, the toys, the art collectibles. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. I mean, this is a big deal. So my dad was a fan of the Michael Crichton books. So I had yeah. actually read Jurassic Park about a year before the movie came out. Really? And I, I did see it in theaters. And I just remember it was crazy that a, a lot of adults, you know, I was a kid at the time and a lot of adults were terrified by this movie. Did you not find it terrifying when you watched it? A little bit, but not as not as hysterical as other people were. Well, it's, what's interesting. So I was thinking as I was watching it today, or actually I was watching it yesterday, so I've seen this movie probably like 30 times. And my thing with movies I love is that I just rewatch, rewatch, rewatch until nothing surprises me. But so coincidentally, my brother texted me while I was watching it saying he was, ha- he was, re- he was watching it for the first time straight all the way through. And his nephew or his son was watching it, my nephew. And the fact that the movie was scaring both of them. And I was like, man, I wonder if I'm missing something by watching these things so much because Nothing shocks me in this. You're desensitized. Like, pretty much. I mean, every, every, I know every scene in this movie, but like, so what are, what's your guys' experience with the movie since, since your initial viewing? Like, have you guys seen this a lot? Is it like something that it's like comfort food or is it, uh, have you guys not seen it in years? I've maybe seen it like 10 times. <laughs> you make it sound like that's a low number. It's low compared to me, but well, it's low in 28 years. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's uh one I don't know. I'll let you do the math, Eric. Uh, similar to how I don't you think the you math. should let him do the math. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. What about you, Anthony? I haven't seen this since probably the '90s, the whole way through, which is a long time yeah. since I've seen it. And really, uh, I ha- I've only seen clips since. So that yeah. that's pretty much been my. I always enjoyed the movie. It was always one of my favorites. Yeah. But watching it again was definitely a different experience. By the way, and sorry to cut you off, but that's uh, that would be about once every two point eight years for me. That's uh, that's nice. not that often. There he goes. Nice, <laughs> nice. I like it. <laughs> I, have Eric, to redeem, I, I have to redeem myself with the math. I see you with that calculator. <laughs> and I like your I like your uh, patience there. You didn't jump in with the math. You waited. You calculated, and then <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So Eric's one for two right now, and according to Eric, that would be about thirty three percent. So let's, uh, I guess let's get started. The, so Jurassic Park came out in 1993, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. It's, uh, 
as Eric mentioned, based on a book by Michael Crichton. and Who uh, also was involved in adapting it to the screenplay. Yep. Actually, fun fact, while Michael Crichton was writing the book, Steven Spielberg found out about it and said, I need to make this into a movie. Oh, he did it while he was writing the book? I believe so. Really? That's interesting. And what I, what I find interesting is, so two of my favorite Spielberg movies are Jurassic Park and Jaws. And Jaws is probably my all-time favorite movie ever. But both of them are based off of books. Now, Jaws is a, I think, a terrible book. The Jurassic Park book itself, Eric, what'd you th- do you think it's better than the movie or, or so do you think the I've movie's better? I've only read the book once and this was in 1992. So this is a very long time ago, but I think from what I remember, the book just went into more details on things. I, th- I think the movie was a great adaptation. The book was a little darker and went into some yeah. more details. Well, like John Hammond is not like a sympathetic character in the book. And Anthony, you haven't read it, right? No, no, I, I don't I don't read books. Oh, wow. The book does not have such a happy ending as the movie. It's not like the movie has a happy, happy ending, but oh, the, the book's ending is not nearly as happy. The movie has a really, like I thought like it's a pretty, well, it's a happy, like a, sort of bittersweet ending with John Hammond's dream is dashed. But uh, in the book, John, John Hammond's dream is dashed as like the compies are eating his throat. But this is, (laughs) yeah. I mean, he spoiler alert. He dies in the book. The little one foot tall guys eat him. They gang up on him and eat him. Yep. So uh, I believe as he's taking a walk, contemplating how to fix his next park. Uh, I I don't remember that detail, but uh, again, this is a long time ago. So I maybe made that up, but uh, that's all right. I think though, well, you started on John Hammond. So, Really, this book is sort of about how John Hammond is out of control. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think, not a book, movie. It's it's a main theme of Jurassic Park and that they have this incredible cloning technology, which I don't, I don't think the first animal had been cloned in 1993. I know it was sometime yeah, in the 90s. Dolly the, Dolly the sheep. Yep. But they have this incredible cloning technology and they use it to make an amusement park. <laughs> well, I mean, what better, uh, I mean... I mean, he's definitely in it for the money in the in the in the book and in the movie. It's it's his love of just bringing joy to people and not. But want- even I guess it's not as much the money in the movie. They put more of that on the lawyer. But even yeah. in the in the movie, you, you know, when they're in the bunker trying to get the power back on, he's just thinking about how to keep the park up and running and how to how to restart the park so that visitors can come when they're all fighting for their lives. Really, is that is that the well, what, Anthony, what's your take on Hammond in the movie? Do you think he comes off as caring about? So it sounds like Eric doesn't ca- think he's really caring about people. He's caring about the money. I think he's a little tainted by the book. <laughs> yeah, because my my impression in the movie when once, you know, because there's that scene in the middle where he and Ellie sit down and he's like talking about how, he, why he's created Jurassic Park and what his intentions were. And I always felt like, yeah, he, I, I've always felt he doesn't really care about the the money. He cares about bringing joy to people, but he doesn't, he lets that steamroll his, you know, he lets that push him past where he should. So they took out the money aspect, but all he's concerned about is the park. It may not, you know, it might be that he wants to bring joy to people. And there was the line where the lawyer says, we're going to make a fortune. And he says, no, no, everyone should be able to visit the park. So they took away the money aspect, but he's more concerned about the park than anything else going on. He's not concerned that the worker died at the beginning of the movie. He's not concerned that the dinosaurs that are loose and eating people. He's only concerned about the park. Well, I would hope he's worried about the dinosaurs being loose and eating people because his grandkids <laughs> are in the park. But, but, uh, but that's the thing. When he's sitting in the in the restaurant talking to her, he sounds he doesn't even talk about his grandkids. He talks about the park. Well, yeah, that, you're you are he right. Doesn't his say, park, I hope they're okay. He, you know, 
He well, he says right at the beginning of that scene. Uh, he says, "I'm sure they're okay. What? Who better to get them through a dinosaur park than a dinosaur expert?" And I think, I think that's just Hammond. Hammond's obviously. My interpretation is he's scared for his grandkids, but he has no control over the situation. So his his mind is just going towards what? How do we fix this next time? But uh, let's go. Let's uh, let's st- take a step back and just. So that's that's the general. I mean, that's the general John Hammond look at the plot. But in in essence, this movie is about John Hammond creates Jurassic Park. He uh, he has a team of scientists who have been able to clone clone DNA and get uh, and basically get dinosaurs from uh, DNA ob- obtained from mosquito. Uh, well, from mosquitoes the blood trapped that mos- in amber. Yep, prehistoric yep. mosquitoes trapped in amber. So obviously, he opens up a park. Uh, has some uh, experts come in to evaluate it based on well there was a death in the opening scene the experts are there to sign off on it um and then obviously this being well jurassic park a movie that every single person has seen the dinosaurs escape and people die what do you guys think of the overall plot story and and writing i loved it Uh, the the adventure aspect of the story yep as written by michael Crichton, and the how the it was visually tied like the the opening scenes where they're flying into the island and the helicopter, it's so lush, yes. vibrant, and it's just yes. this different world. It almost seems. You know, that's actually Hawaii. Yes, of course. Yeah, it's Hawaii, which obviously is yeah. pretty breathtaking already. <laughs> Part but, of the world. <laughs> uh, I thought they did a great job with tapping into my personal sense of adventure when I was young and I saw it, and even still, oh, yeah. today when I watched it just a, a couple hours ago, like I was still pretty taken aback by. The visual, the dinosaurs, yep. seeing the humans interact—it was pretty amazing. Yeah, that sense of wonder, like that's yeah, you hit it the nail on the head because that sense of wonder is what hits me whenever I see this movie because I love, like, I I think this movie is like you know almost everything is at top notch, like the acting, the writing, the the music, everything. But it's that sense of adventure and that just like that. You know that bombastic music that's playing when they fly, when the helicopter flies forward, and you can see, you pan and see the island, and then John Williams' theme comes in. That's what gets me up for this movie. I mean, my oh, absolutely my favorite, great score, yeah. great score oh, yeah. to the movie. And it, but it's like it's got that adventurous theme, you know that that the that da 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 da. But it's also got then you've got that that wonder scene, like that uh, that theme of wonder, the na 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 na. Two great na. tunes. Yeah, yeah, no, and I think that's that's what always hits me about this movie is it's that sense of excitement and adventure and wonder. But uh, do you guys, do you guys think the plot moved along nice? Like, do you think this is well-paced? Do you think uh, the plot was uh I think it's, well-written? it's well-paced. I mean, the it's a long movie, two hours. The first hour is like the introduction, but it's not yeah. boring. You know, the, the second yeah. half is the excitement with the dinosaurs and the people being chased and getting torn to pieces yeah, but the uh, the first half they're setting up the whole story, but it's not boring. I enjoyed it. So I will say that upon watching it again, I did. I personally felt the first half was a little slow, and that they could have yeah. eliminated yeah. some lines, some scenes to to trim it down. And uh, I did yeah. watch it with my significant other, who also found it kind of. <laughs> she couldn't keep her attention because it was not as. And not what you expected. See, I I sort of like that in older movies. They used to actually build up the suspense 
Well, you know, if they weren't building up to the suspense and you just started the movie with dinosaurs running around killing people, it wouldn't be such an interesting movie. So, so I kind of, I kind of agree with both of you. And first of all, Anthony, does your, is your significant other, has she never seen the movie before? She'd never seen it, no. I think that was the thing, having seen it when we were younger, we already yeah. have this vision of what it means to us. That's, so I kind of agree with both of you because sort of going back to how I initially watched this, I didn't see it in the theaters. I first saw it at one of my friend's sleepovers when I was 11, I think. His parents had rented it and they were in the middle of watching it and they were at the Triceratops scene. And I remember stupid 11-year-old me was like, can we fast forward to the like T-Rex scenes? And so- my earliest memories of this movie were just watching the dinosaur scenes. Like those, like I watched the T-Rex scene and then I watched the Raptor scene. That was it. And then it was only later on, like that I would watch the entire movie. And I was like, this is kind of slow. And I could, I like for the first, you know, until like around, you know, the early two thousands, I don't think I actually liked the first half of the movie very much. It was only like, as I got older and became, it became, uh, you know, a, I'm trying to not, give myself too much of a compliment, but more of an amazing person, (laughs) but basically more attuned to like how movies are made. Um, I started to appreciate how everything is set up, but I I do remember, and I'm sorry to cut you off again, but this, this movie is about chaos theory. And without that, without the buildup, you miss that whole background. Cause yeah, you know, I think more the book is about chaos theory, but that's obviously, you know, Dr. Ian Malcolm, that's a big part of the movie. Yeah, so there's there's two things that I think the beginning of the movie are trying to set up. It's trying to set up a the whole man trying to control nature and what happens when uh, when that happens. I mean, there's a bunch of little examples of that, but I mean, you got the robot arms like like taking the eggs and moving them around. Like, I mean, that's obviously not a natural thing. You got Hammond saying he wants all the dinosaurs to imprint on him or to imprint on all the dinosaurs when they're born. Like all these little little images of. Uh, of trying to instill control over nature. And I think it's, it's necessary like to have those things so that later when, I mean, they completely lose control just because Newman from Seinfeld decides to, uh, Wayne Knight is one of my favorite actors. I love the guy. He is my least favorite actor in this movie, but (laughs) I like him in Seinfeld, but, um, like, yeah, but so I think you don't like his acting or you don't like the character. Ah, we'll get to him in a bit, but I don't, I think he's, he over, he basically plays Newman. Like, uh, I don't feel like he's a real, he doesn't feel like a real character, but, um, really quick though. So I think that's it. Like that first hour, it is, it is long and slow, but I do like, you know, you have the long scenes of, you know, they get to the Dilophosaurus pen, they get to the T-Rex pen and it's like, oh, are we going to see it here? We're going to see it here. And Spielberg holds back and doesn't show the dinosaurs. And exactly. I think it's suspense. Yes. Even well, the first two dinosaurs they pass on the ride are no shows. Yeah. And I, I think it helps. I helps. I think it helps dramatically so that when at an hour in the T-Rex makes his appearance, it's one of the greatest scenes in the history of cinema, in my opinion. But also I feel like it, it really hits that theme. Like you, you have this tour, you, have, you create Jurassic Park and then you expect the dinosaurs to just show up. They're not just going to show up. And like, so I do, I agree with you, Anthony. It's a bit slow. Some things could get cut out, but I do. I like how it thematically works. I think the later movies in the series, Anthony, you might like better because they're more fast paced. No, I don't. I I do remember I've seen two and three and and then Jurassic World as well. But I thought two, was that the one at the end where they show up on the coast? Yep. Mm -hmm. San Francisco, whatever it was. Yeah. 
That was so cheesy to me. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that was the part that was cheesy for you? Not the part where a girl defeats a raptor with gymnastics? The whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> I thought it was yeah, a big step down. But Yeah. Jurassic Park 3 is like really fast-paced, but that's like bad fast-paced. Now, I think this is... A, I, I agree. It could be a little bit faster, but I do think it's well done. Um, so let's... Let's go to the characters and the acting. Um, we touched on Hammond. Do you guys think Richard Attenborough did a good job? I think he was my favorite. I think he he nailed it. Yeah? He nailed oh, yeah? it. Well, and I, I guess, Anthony, we didn't really hear from you what you thought about his character. I know we, me and Eric talked a little bit, but did you, did you think he was sympathetic or did you think he- I think so. I think you could see the excitement in his eyes. And, and yeah. he really, he portrayed that really well. Like, hey, this is going to be so grand. And not just, for, like you said, for the money, yeah. but for- just to show it off to yep. everyone in the world, I think there was a sense of a huge sense of pride. That, yeah. And he wasn't even doing it to be recognized. He was doing it to show off to other people, like he said earlier in the movie, to all kinds of people, different, yeah. you know, financial backgrounds. So I, that, I think he played that well really well. Yeah. And that's that's how I like I never get the feeling that he's greedy or anything. I get the feeling that he's ambitious, but his ambition is all towards just in his mind what makes for a magical world for like everyone. And there's two scenes. Although his overambition led to his downfall. It did, yes. That's that is true. Although, like a part of me wonders if they no, actually no. Part of me like I I like John Hammond in the movie. I prefer him the way he is here rather than if they'd made him a dark character like in the Crichton book where And he was sort of jolly, like, you know, they they yeah. made him much more likable. Yeah. He would have been it would have been hard to watch like evil Walt Disney, even if he gets his comeuppance by getting eaten by dinosaurs like he does in the book. <laughs> but uh uh, speaking about the book, and I'm about to spoil Jurassic Park, the book, and the Lost World book, but Ian Malcolm dies in the book Jurassic Park, and then he's the protagonist in the Lost World book, also written by Michael Crichton. I have no, I never read the Lost World book. I only read the first chapter. I was like, wait, what the hell's going on? But it, it's been too long ago for me to answer you uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> answer my my question that. is. How much you wanna bet Jeff Goldblum insisted that he have his shirt open the whole movie? <laughs> the whole movie. Well, I uh, I am not willing to bet any amount of money on that. I will agree with you that he probably demanded that he's his glorious chest be exposed. <laughs> but then it it remains to be seen why why in Independence Day his shirt is not ripped open ninety percent in the movie. That is uh, one of the biggest holes in the holes in the pot that we will ever <laughs> ever <laughs> <in the> pot. <laughs> ever. <laughs> not a hole in the shirt though. <laughs> yeah, not a hole. In the, although Jeff Goldblum would be wanting that hole in the shirt, but. Uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's move to a couple different characters. Let's, uh, Anthony, you said John Hammond was your favorite. Uh, I don't know who my favorite is. I I think Malcolm is probably my favorite because he's so damn quotable. I mean, the like right, that he's is a little one, cocky. He's, uh, he's hitting hitting he's, hit, on, he's hitting on Ellie the whole movie. Yeah, he's hitting on Ellie. Ellie's also my dog's name, so that's uncomfortable to hear. <laughs> but but yeah, no, he's hitting on. Uh, uh, I forget what what the actress's name is. Laura Dern. Laura Dern, yeah. I was thinking Ellie Sattler was her name, but that's the character. But yeah, hitting on Laura Dern's character. And uh, well, so how did you think, what did you guys think about Laura Dern? Did you guys think she was good? I thought she was great. I, th- I think everyone in this movie did a great job acting. I, I thought everyone except the kids. You didn't think the kids were good? There was, maybe it was just the way they were directed. But the, the girls' really? screams were pretty good. They were <laughs> good, thought, but I think there, there was too much... Melodrama? Kind of, yeah, yeah. Just That's a Spielberg. I can see like when they're sitting in the That's, tree, maybe there's a little cheesiness with their conversation. I it is it's cheesy, but i I feel like it works with like so we were talking about how the movie has that adventurous and that sense that adventure and that sense of wonder. I feel like 
like the kids and Alan Grant's bonding sort of plays into that. It makes me, you know, it makes me all warm and mushy. It just uh, gives it like in another move. Like if this was, if they had that kind of a relationship in term, like if Linda Hamilton and like if Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese's relationship was as, as heartwarming as this in Terminator, <laughs> it would not have worked whatsoever. Well, here's but the I, thing. When we saw it as children, yeah, you had that instant connection yeah. to the movie. And if we're talking big picture here, I feel like it is a kid's movie, a really violent kid's movie. That's and true. So, uh, who loves dinosaurs? Kids. Exactly. But watching it back as an adult. I, I used to know the name of every single dinosaur and all the, when I was a kid, I knew all these things. And exactly. I don't know any, I've forgotten all of this. I, but <laughs> Exactly. So that that's the thing like, I watched it today for the first time in yeah. maybe 25 years, expecting like an adult action um, adventure movie. Yeah. And then I didn't get that. And I forgot that it was like that. So then I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting all these kids. This things. is a PG-13 movie. It's really interesting. If it was for adults, it would be rated R and it'd be more gory. Yeah. And that, but I, I think that's really interesting because I have so much nostalgia for this movie because I've basically seen it like, Every year of my life, and which I guess Eric has done that too. But um, every three years, according to my math. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, it's interesting though, because uh, having not, if I had not seen it since I was a kid, I wonder if my opinion of it would have changed. And it's interesting that your opinion. It sounds like your opinion may have gone down a bit, Anthony. Is that? Well, <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Well, if your opinion's changing though, then I, I fear that this is not necessarily a pointless rewind. So, <laughs> like, I mean, we, oh, no. we need to. Yeah, the yeah, podcast to, has been defeated. Yeah, no, we need. We, <laughs> we, need, we need to stop. Shut, no, shut it down. Shut I, it down. I, I, no, let's let's keep let's keep trucking through because life will find a way. And and we just need to make sure that the next movie we that we we don't make any real points. So, but uh, yeah, no, I I think the kids are fine. Like. Only part, like, I think their relationship is fine with everyone. Like, I think they're actually well acted for children, like, especially Timmy. Um, I don't know. I don't know the actors. I mean, like, if you could stand John Connor in Terminator 2, you could deal with these kids. Yeah, pretty much. And the only thing about the kids that I don't like is when Lex solves, like, uh, basically uses her, her Unix system knowledge to, uh, to to fix the security <laughs> system within Jurassic Park, which well, leads me Samuel to Samuel L. Jackson couldn't figure it out. Yeah, Sam, well, Samuel Jackson. Yeah, it's because Samuel Jackson spends his entire time smoking and saying, "Hold on to your butts." <laughs> yeah, twice at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like instead of like actually doing his job. Well, the, then, the uh, thing with the kids, they use them in a way, like like for example, the the flashlight scene in, yeah. in the jeep, where it's like turn off the damn flashlight. Yeah, yeah. There, were, there were a lot of those type of scenes well, where I was like, "Come on." But that's, that, that's the thing. they're kids. Like they don't know better. But that's, when I'm watching a movie as an adult, I don't yeah. want to feel that way. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. And like, even at me who I've watched the, I've watched the movie like 30 times. I've watched the T-Rex scene like a hundred times. And every time that light shines, like I, my mind goes to like, yeah, they're kids, but what, what, so Lex is a kid and she's in the back of this Jeep and she sees a T-Rex and she's like, Oh my God, must rummage through this, this, all this like random detritus and equipment that I'm finding back here. Okay. Found a flashlight. Let's shine it at this thing. Like it's, it's almost, it's but, a but dude, little, she's, she's not thinking. I mean, if it, if true. a giant, I, if a 40 foot Tyrannosaurus was outside my window, I'd be freaking out. I wouldn't be doing anything rational. Yeah. But if that T-Rex is coming at you because the, the lights on, don't you want to turn it off? <laughs> I, but yeah, you, you could be so panicked. You can't even press the button. I, they were victims the whole time. And the, that hey, to me annoyed well, me. well, what about the Raptor scene? They're not victims in that scene. Like the scene where Grant leaves them 
And then uh, the Raptors attacked them in the in the uh, in the. They got lucky. The, okay. All right, hey. the, the Raptors thought the reflection. <laughs> That's true. So you're saying if the Raptors were replaced with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator, these kids would not have made it through this. No chance. Okay. Well, basically they. They are not as equivalent to Sarah Connor. They could not be the saviors of humanity. So in that way, they are failures they're, as they're children. They're not supposed I, to be the saviors of humanity. Yeah, they're just yeah, trying to get no, off an island. No, I think Anthony's right, though. If we if we connect it to that, they are failures. So, <laughs> so let's just... Uh, but I, guess, I, you know, I guess just to get back to the point, like, you know, when you see her at the computer and she cracks it and you're a kid, now you're yeah. like, whoa, computers are awesome. I want to do this, like. That's she, That's what she's like. That's uh, I forget what the actress's name is. I really should have prepared better for this, but I think her name is Ariana. Ariana Richards. Yeah, Ariana, Ariana Richards. Uh, she said exactly that. Like, all right, so now kids are going to see this and be like, I could do that too. My thought, like maybe I'm naive or maybe I'm jaded. I don't think I'm naive. I'm more jaded. Did any kid like watch that scene and not be like, oh my God, raptors are coming. This is so crazy and intense. Instead, they were like, Oh my God, I could, I could like start up the security system at Jurassic Park. I could fix like the electric fences. Anyone think that? No. I mean, maybe if they were, they had a future in like maintenance, but, uh, or as like, like that was not, not necessarily that they ended up like that. Like that was their dream. Like I always want to start up electric fences in my future. That is what I wanted. But yeah, other than that. I don't believe now, Chandra, so. You, you've read the book more recently than me, right? I have, but I don't really remember much. So the kids are not as big in the book, right? Well, and I, I don't think Dr. Sattler's as big in the book. Either. I definitely don't think she is as big in the book. I think the kids are fairly prominent. I know Lex is older in the book and Tim is younger. No, no, sorry. The other way around. Uh, Tim is, yeah, Tim is older. But uh, I think the kids are still there because it's great. It's basically Grant and the kids. It's throughout been too the long. Book. I just really can't remember. And I think, I mean, well, so the kids are in the movie because exactly what we're saying. This is kind of a kid's, I mean, it's not really a kid's movie, but like it's there. But it gets them. From a marketing perspective, it gets kids into the movie. Now you got kids watching wow. it, you got adults watching it, you got a whole uh, spectrum. I would disagree with that because to me, the whole marketing of, hey, we have dinosaurs here. If the kids aren't going to, they're like, oh, I don't want to see dinosaurs. Oh my God, there's two kids here. I want to go see this movie. I don't see any kids but you know doing what? I that. think adults would go see it anyway. Yeah. Because, but I think, because these uh, these were the most realistic looking dinosaurs ever in a movie to date. Oh, Not, not to date since 93, but until 93. Absolutely. And let's move on to the aesthetics of the movie. Let's... Let's start with CGI since we did uh, we did T two last week and uh, this again these are the I believe these are like basically the, the two tent poles for how CGI got really started in the mainstream. So it's the same company that did the CGI in Terminator two. I forget the name. Industrial uh, Light and Music. Uh, yes, which I think it, was actually a Steven Spielberg company. Was I don't know if it was Steven Spielberg, but it was ILM because ILM did. They might have been, but I know they did they did T T two also. But uh, what I love in this movie is that their entire goal the whole movie was to make everything look real. Originally, they had hired a company to do stop motion. Yep. And then they realized that they could do this on the computer because ILM had been doing some groundbreaking stuff. And they switched over, but they kept the guys from the stop motion so that the computer guys could get the motions right. Like, they actually built little robotic dinosaurs linked to the computer that they could move around and... And, and the other thing I love is they still used animatronics in this movie. I mean, they yep. built they built a life-size Tyrannosaurus. Yeah, and I think you nailed it, Eric, because that's why the CGI works. Like, we've ta- we, we ranted last week about how bad CGI can ruin a movie. 
The reason the CGI works in this movie is because it's all they had a realistic base to go off of. Like, so like you're not watching a whole movie where every scene is just CGI right. and, fake. And and like so the CGI T-Rex, it has to behave somewhat similar to the animatronic CGI. At least I mean Spielberg made sure that it acts similar to the CGI. He made sure that you couldn't tell when it was the right. animatronic one and when it was the CGI one. And which I, I mean you, which I, you couldn't. You watch the movie, you can't tell. I well I'll I'll Push back on that. I think I can tell. I don't have a 4K TV. I'm sorry. <laughs> Eric's, watch, Eric's watching it on like a black and white, like, like static a v, like a, a VHS copy. I mean, I, I, I'm on high def. It's just not 4K. Yeah. But but especially back then, if you were to watch this on TV, you'd be watching in standard def on a Cathay yeah. Ray tube television. So yeah. it's really well, in the theaters where you would notice the details. No, but I, I guess my point is that Cause even when I was watching on my like older, like projection, like low def TV, I could tell the difference, but where it doesn't matter to me is because it's great. Like that. So the T-Rex, they, you know, they have the animatronic T-Rex and they have the CGI T-Rex, but they made the CGI T-Rex. They don't make the CGI T-Rex really do anything beyond what the, you know, it's not going crazy. Like the C- it's not like so beyond what it's the animatronic lips. <laughs> yeah. So, so because it's grounded, like I can, like, even though I can tell the difference, I'm like, I'm in, I'm, I buy it. I really like the animatronics, especially because oh, yeah. like with the, the sick triceratops and like the eyes were like all red because it was sick and it was yeah. doing the real breathing and the eyes moving and, and it just, it felt so real. Yeah. Like, so I do think the animatronics definitely stand like even now, like, cause I'm watching this movie yesterday. I'm because like, nobody, people don't do the animatronics anymore. Now they well, just do all CGI because it's cheaper. Where they've lost the goal in Jurassic Park was to make everything as realistic as possible, and now now the goal is just to save money. They did do a C, They did have animatronics for Jurassic World, which I found impressive that they did because I didn't think they did. But I'll say the and the quality of the animatronics in Jurassic Park are incredible because Jurassic Park Three has an animatronic Spinosaurus, and it looks bad it does not it looks reminds me of the shark and jaws right, they which, didn't spend the money on it they didn't spend the money and there wasn't like the care like you know, i the think shark all, and jaws this movie was what 1970 something that was like, 75 that, like, was that was 75 that was literally the best they could do in 1975 yeah, yeah and again jaws is my favorite movie so i'm not bashing it but uh like the animatronic t-rex though when i'm watching it yesterday i'm like there's not a part of this that really looks fake i feel like it's really like a T-Rex, it's seriously there. Like there, you know, it doesn't, it, you know, movies that I've seen years ago. Now, when I watch them, I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I could see where, you know, you could see the movie making, but like with Jurassic park, I feel like the dinosaurs, even the CGI, like, I feel like it's almost seamless enough for me to completely be taken away. Like you can tell like, uh, what, what is that thing? A brachiosaurus or brontosaurus at the beginning of the movie, the yeah. first dinosaur they see, yeah. you could sort of tell it's CGI, but it doesn't look that bad, especially considering this is 93. Yeah. And it and looks, th- it looks better than stop motion would have looked. And when they, when they zoom out and show the characters in the foreground and then the dinosaur in the background, they, they did a great job of blending those two together. And it really shows yeah. you that hugeness of the brontosaurus or whatever it was. And I really like Spielberg not showing the dinosaurs. Like, you know, the raptor in the very first scene, he shows its eye, but you don't really see anything. So the first time you actually see the dinosaurs is that Brachiosaurus scene. So even if whatever, you know, our 2020 eyes, uh, 2020, no pun intended. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And honestly, though, I'd rather have 2019 vision right now. I know, I know. So would I. Well, no, I'd want 2021. Let's get the hell out of this pandemic. I don't want to go to 2019 and have to do the pandemic again. But uh, yeah, no. So, 
even though we could sort of, you know, you, you know, it's CGI, it's still, you've, you know, waited like 20 minutes into the movie. And now with John Williams score, it's like, all right, this is, you get that sense of wonder. Although I will say that Brachiosaurus is kind of a cocky show off. Like, did <laughs> he behind re- legs? <laughs> yeah, why, like he, he was clearly reaching that branch already. Did he actually have to get up on his hind legs? No, he saw people watching him and he's like, all right, all right. I got, I got a crowd. It's time, it's time to show off for these people. Well, that's what he's paid to do. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> that's what she's paid to do. I yeah, say. there you go. Yeah, maybe, maybe All the animals on the island are supposedly female. John Hammond should have probably trained it to do backflips, and then they would have been like, really. <laughs> Think of all the water shaking. That, that would be the CGI dinosaur movie in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But also, like. So they're all wowed by this one brachiosaurus. And then two minutes later, it pans over. There's a huge flock of them. Do they not like, do these people literally like they're here to see a park and they, maybe they weren't told at all what they are here to see, but I would have been like, you know, looking out the windows, looking here, looking there. I don't think they were told what they were supposed to see. Yeah. So wouldn't you, as you're riding around in the Jeep and looking all around, like, I feel like they should have spotted more of those. They, they did it in a way to give you the sense of wonder, I know, which was I know. one of the great things in the movie. I know. File that under the nitpicks. Section. I will file that under the nitpicks. I section. only have one main nitpick in this movie. We'll get to it later, but there's just one big nitpick I have. We'll file it under the nitpicks. <laughs> what? Dinosaurs aren't real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the biggest nitpick is like, this movie is so unrealistic and it's not, not worth my time. No, so I think we touched on the CGI. Uh, I, let me just let me just finish. The CGI was groundbreaking. I mean, if you thought Terminator 2 was groundbreaking, this is the movie that sealed the deal for CGI. Yeah. Unfortunately, directors got cheap in the future and I hate CGI now, but this was it was great in this movie. I'm going to push back a tiny bit and just say, I think CGI is great when used properly and it's based this on movie this does. movie. Yes. This movie does, but I, I don't think, a, like, I don't agree with every movie that uses CGI now. That's being my complaint. Bad, a lot of movies do not properly yeah. use it. They use it instead of making a movie. Yeah. But uh, what do you guys think of the direction in general? Steven Spielberg's great. I mean, you know, the difference between him and James Cameron is he's made a lot more movies, so he has some pretty crappy movies under his belt, but overall he is a great director. Yeah, I like the dramatic motions of the cameras and, and re- the reveals. Yeah. Uh, I thought those were pretty well done. So what struck me is since we just, we all just watched Terminator, both the first two Terminators and like looked really in depth and you know how we talked about in Terminator 1, not a frame is wasted. Well, so Jurassic Park, there's tons of frames that te- technically, you know, are not going towards the whole plot of the dinosaurs escaping. But I'm like, this like Spielberg does a really good job of building you know, building up like basically the amusement park aspect of the movie, like the he's creating a ride with this movie. And, you know, you have the sense of wonder in the beginning. It's like you're on the ride. Yeah. And so the second half is all like you're at the peak of the roller coaster and then you're coming down. And it's like the first half is slow, leisurely paced, all character based and like sense of wonder. The second half is like it's like there's two nuts. Like it's basically the roller, you know, the, the fast part of the roller coaster. You got all the T-Rex scenes and like the scenes with the car falling out of the tree. And you know, it's nonstop action for about 20 minutes. Then we take a break, a little, little break. And then it's back. And then it's the Raptors are brought in to finish off the movie. And one thing I noticed, I thought he did a great job because so as kids, what was your favorite dinosaur? Stegosaurus. Okay, this is not the answer I was expecting. You guys, you guys, T Rex. All right, thank you, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. We should have, we should have planned that better. <laughs> All right, so Stegosaurus. But I'm going to ignore that part. But so the T Rex is my favorite dinosaur too, and I'm willing to bet that for a lot of kids, it was you know, it's at least, if not their favorite, it's one of the most well known. 
And I feel like Spielberg knew it. You know, he obviously knew that's going to be the big draw. And he knew, let's hold up. Let's hold off. He's going to be the centerpiece of the big action scene in the movie. But also, he want like, did like the Velociraptors are introduced in the beginning, like they kill, they kill that one worker, but it's never verbalized that they're raptors. They are awesome. They are awesome, but they're ne- it's, you're never told it's a raptor that killed them. The only, you know it's a raptor that killed them because when we get introduced to the rap, like the raptors in the pen, you don't see them, but you see Robert Muldoon, who's in that first scene. And like all the characters are talking about them, how dangerous they are, how smart they are. And it's almost like he set, he set us up for the Raptors to be the big boss of this movie. Like, you know, like a big boss in a video game. It's like, they're going to be the big bad. That's going to, it's going to take us through the climax. So that really hit me last night watching it. Like how he set them up as these villains. And then for the last 30 minutes, they are the villains and they're, they're terrifying. And they're, you know, all the scenes with the T-Rex are much more, I wouldn't say leisurely, but it's a slow lumbering, Death lizard. I mean, it's sort of terrifying at first when it's attacking the cars, though. It's terrifying, but it's like less frantic. If you know, like the raptor scene, once the raptors are running, that's when the suspense is on. That's when you know someone's about to die. Yeah, and the raptors are frenetic and fast and like intelligent, smarter. Yeah, yeah. And I think he does a great job. And his decision to have the T Rex save the day, plot holes aside, I think it's like that's exactly what. Even as an adult, I still love. It's like you said, everybody loves the T Rex. Yeah, and I think it was great decision. Yeah, and him. I think there's two main scenes to this movie. There's the uh, the scene with the T Rex when it busts out of the pen, yep. and the and the T Rex car chase. Yeah, and there's the scenes with the Raptors. This is the like these are the main scenes that the movie is built around. So you guys want to talk about the the T Rex scene in general? So I mentioned my nitpick, and I'll just get this out of the way. Right, it does not it. ruin the movie for me. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just going to point it out. <laughs> the cars are level with the T-Rex pen. The goat is level with them. It eats yep. the goat. It busts out of the pen level with them. When they jump over the fence into the pen to escape from it, there's like a 40-foot yep. drop. So maybe this T-Rex is 80 feet tall, or this is a plot hole. <laughs> it is extendo legs. <laughs> this, this T-Rex is not 80 foot tall, though, because it all, the, the goat is level with the ground. But then exactly. when the, T, the T-Rex is first shot, when he eats a goat, the T-Rex's head is now only visible. So either the goat is like 80 feet tall and the T-Rex <laughs> is, is uh, it's at head level. But yeah, but, but it's, a, I, it's such an enjoyable scene that I can yes. live with the plot hole. That's where I was going to tie it. Like, when a movie is like as well done as this, I can ignore those things because it's like that scene is it's a 10 minute scene. The first T-Rex attack and it's, you know, the girl with the flashlight is stupid, but I can buy that too because, you know, whatever. <laughs> but but great reasoning. You know, I had a great justification there. Right, but, D- Donald Gennaro runs to the toilet, potentially yeah. the uh, brother of Holly Gennaro from Die Hard. We have yet to find out. <laughs> yeah, Probably not siblings, but uh, I feel like that scene is so masterfully played, like the T-Rex slowly circling the cars, you know, and the dramatic reveal and the T-Rex roar. And I love how they make it like it's a real animal. It doesn't understand what this Jeep is. Yeah, yeah. And it thinks it might be food. Yeah. And uh, what'd you guys think of the roar? Because that's not the first, when I was a young kid, that's not the sound, like I pictured more of a lion roar. This is not the sound that I expected to hear from a Tyrannosaurus. Anthony, you're the sound guy. I want to hear from you on this. I thought it was, it's very imposing. Yeah. It, it gives you chills. Oh, yeah. And that scene where it, it knocks the Jeep upside down and it's spinning it around and the, the characters are running around with it. 
Yeah. It's like, it's so suspenseful. You're on the edge of your seat. I, I thought they did a man. great job of that. Scene. Yeah. And that's what I miss, man. I wish I hadn't seen this 30 times. Cause I, I know every moment. So I'm no longer on the edge of my seat. I'm more like, this is awesome. But I'm not like, Oh, this is suspenseful. You're like, I know what happens next. Exactly. Yeah. The kid- and that's, that's probably why this book, why this movie wasn't as terrifying for me, even though I saw it as a kid, because I had read the book previously. So I knew what was going to happen. To yeah. a degree. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, I mean, I just, I feel like I, I mean, I, if I could go back, I wish when as a kid, I'd watched it straight through because I literally watched the cool parts when I was a kid and wasn't scared of the movie. And then, so I didn't ever got that enjoyment. So when I watched Jurassic Park, the lost world, I found that way more scary, even though it's a much, not even close to as good of a movie. But uh, my favorite part of the T-Rex scene, other than him eating Donald Gennaro <laughs> is when Alan, you know, he's chewing on the tire on the car and Alan Grant runs out and just yells, hey, and the T-Rex just roars at the camera. And in my in my humble opinion, it looks like the T-Rex is basically saying, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm busy here. Yeah, he's he's completely distracted. And then Alan Grant's like, huh, what am I supposed to do here? But I love that moment. And I love how I love how Alan Grant has the situation under control. And then Dr. Malcolm decides to run out of the car and start (laughs) waving his flare and make it worse. Did he make it worse? Did I mean Grant threw it into the And I think the T-Rex the, was going to chase it. Well, and you're you're probably right and this probably goes into the biggest theme of this movie and that's Ian Malcolm's the biggest attention whore. So, <laughs> <laughs> he got Gennaro killed. Yeah. So Ian Malcolm all because he wanted some attention. I mean they know, s- they set up Gennaro from the beginning is not very likable so that you know yeah, so but, that you sort of laugh when he gets eaten. Of course. <laughs> yeah. That's true, but uh yeah, you're probably right. Alan Grant probably had it under control, and then Malcolm. Uh, he didn't even need the flare; he just needs to open his shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be great. I will say though that that leather jacket is badass. <laughs> I would love to have that jacket. No, but <laughs> I'm just imagining him yelling out, getting out of the car, yelling, "Hey, hey!" Ripping open his shirt, and then the T-Rex T-Rex just looks over at him, doesn't roar, just slowly walks over and like nuzzles him. That would be. <laughs> what a turn! Yeah, I know. Fantastic, ch- you know. And then Alan, and then. Uh, Ian Malcolm should turn to the camera and say, "Life found a way." Next <laughs> scene is Malcolm riding the T Rex around. Yeah. To, the, to the music, da na 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 na. Yeah, completely different mu- movie. And Malcolm then says to Hammond, "Yeah, none of your rides are working, but this one's working." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that would be Jurassic Park. Uh, Five, I guess, right? So whatever. Well, we'll talk about that when that comes out. You know, actually, this but, storm, this tropical storm that's going on, yeah, is actually believable because when they were filming the movie, Hawaii got hit by a hurricane. Dude, I know, like that. That's crazy that they had it. Like, the, I didn't realize they had to shut down. They the had entire, to shelter in their hotel for like a whole day, which is pretty topical because we're all pretty much sheltered in place right now. But uh, and they're talking about how how crazy a situation that was. I want to be like, listen. Get to 2020, and then you're going to feel how it feels. So, like, have to have to shelter in place. There's no dinosaurs, but yeah. just wait. Well, I don't think there were actual dinosaurs in Hawaii when they were filming Jurassic what? Park. But yeah, I know, man. I'm sorry. Sorry. Like, I know Ian Malcolm riding that T-Rex was really convincing. But, That's uh, it. Hawaii vacation's <laughs> off. <laughs> but uh, let's go to the raptor scene, then. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. Do you so which scene do you guys think was better, the T-Rex scene or the Raptor scene? I mean, I, I love the T-Rex scene, but the Raptor scene is the most terrifying scene of the movie. He's right. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that too. And I I like I said, I'm not scared about it anymore, but I was trying to watch it from like the eyes of a you know a newbie today, because I watched part of it today. And I was like, yeah, the scene, the scene is scary because it's literally it's like a horror movie from the from the moment you see the Raptor shadows and 
the way they look into the into the window, the just breathing on the window, it's terrifying. And I said that the raptor scenes are frenetic. I should probably walk that back because the first like half of the scene is is a slow, terrifying crawl as the kids are literally crawling on the floor and the raptors are realistically, and I, I know realistically something stupid to say because people don't exist with dinosaurs, but I think the kids would have been eaten and everyone else would have been also. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> if these were real <laughs> raptors. <laughs> if these were, wait, did you say all, did you say the kids would have been eaten and the, everyone also, or the, yeah, everyone? I think everyone would have been eaten by the raptors if these were real raptors. Probably. Well, there's, that's a really good point because we see, you know, that great reveal when Ellie, you know, uh, Ellie Sattler, you know, the great jump scare of the raptor coming up behind her. By the way, Anthony, did you jump at that scene uh, today? No. Or did you know it was I, coming? I, I remembered some of the scenes. Yeah. The thing about the raptor scene, what's so good is that it's already been revealed how smart they yes. are. Yes. And they are smart enough to open the door and oh, yeah. sort of- And like, Dr. Grant in the beginning of the movie describes exactly how they kill people. And that's exactly how they kill people. Yeah, they flank them. I love that. You know, just waiting for the kids trying to outsmart these seemingly smarter predators yeah. is what keeps you in the- state of suspense. And I will say mo- most of that scene is CGI. It's animatronic when it yeah. opens the door, but the rest is CGI, but it looks good. It looks good. I mean, and but I'm going to say my favorite raptor scene is probably the Robert Muldoon moment because clever girl. And that I mean that that line is classic, but the reason that scene gets me is it's because too bad Dr. Grant didn't explain to him how they hunt. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I would hope that Robert Muldoon being a, a big game hunter had some semblance of an idea, but I do like I love how the movie sort of sets him up as like this tough guy who, you know, if anyone's going to be able to take care of them, it's going to be him. And he doesn't even get a shot off. He barely, you know, he set, he sets his sights and then he, the raptor is right next to him. And it's like his reaction, classic line, but it's also like this, you know, he's got some mad respect for it. Like <laughs> you're about to disembowel me, but you played me, you played me good, man. He's so, like a uh, true hunter from like an Ernest Hemingway novel. Yeah, no. And I think, I think Robert Muldoon wins the best sport in the movie award. Like if he had the opportunity, he would have shook the Raptor's claw and been like good game. But the Raptor, Raptor would have ripped his intestines open at that he point. He respects them and he respects, he respects how dangerous every animal yeah. on yeah, this he's not, island is. He's yeah, no he's nonsense. Not, Even when they're sitting in the control room with Sam Jackson, he's like, He's nervous about this ride. Yeah. And now I'm picturing if that scene had been with, uh, Tom, like if they had shown, I was going to say Tom Arnold. I don't think Tom Arnold is <laughs> in, in this movie. If they had had uh, John Arnold, what's his name? Well, whatever Arnold's name was, Samuel Jackson, if they had actually shown his character dying, if he had uh, been walking then surprised by a raptor similar to Muldoon, would he have turned? It was turn- Ray Arnold, by would, the way. Ray Arnold. Would he have turned and said, hold on to your butts? <laughs> <laughs> Now the, I almost wish Muldoon was featured more. I know, I do too, man. Yeah, he was I, badass. So as an adult, this is what you would prefer. <laughs> that is a good point because as much as I love this movie, you guys are you guys are kind of right. Like the focus on the kids and the focus on like, you know, maybe the slower parts in the first half. Muldoon's a great character. And I feel like his, it would have, I liked his death with the Raptors, but I, yeah, I would have liked to see more. Maybe a scene and more, another scene with the T-Rex. But uh Actually, I wanted to touch on something, though. Did you guys notice how many, like, action scenes were not dinosaurs attacking people? Dead silence. That means that. that means, <laughs> I guess that's a no. <laughs> that, that means. Yeah, that means. <laughs> that means, that means uh, they're either completely in awe over my amazing point, or they just did not notice. You but, just get more amazing every day. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, I'm going to continue to amaze you guys with... 
So we have, you know, we have the big centerpiece with the T-Rex attacks, the, the Raptors attacks, the Dilophosaurus attack, which, but uh, we also Is have- Is that the like, little guy? No, that's, uh, that's the spitter. Yeah, the, the one that kills Nedry. He's not really a little guy. He's uh, Compared to a, everything else. Uh, I, I wouldn't call him a little guy. He's a human, he's human sized. <laughs> he's human sized. But uh, I was going to say though, the car, like, you know, we have the, the scene with the car falling down the tree, which I actually think is pretty good action scene. I mean, I think that one's suspenseful. By the way, the, the Ford Explorers and the Jeeps are really cool in this movie. I just have to say. That. Yeah. And it's even cooler when they're falling down. But do you guys, do you guys think that was an effective scene? Uh, other than my little nitpick about the drop, I think so. Yeah, but the drop was uh, <laughs> drop is more a part of the T Rex scene. Well, this is all you, one scene. So, did you, big picture, did you guys did now you guys I, think? Now I see what you're you, saying. There's no dinosaur in this scene. Yeah, that's I, that's I what I'm saying. It, like, and that's what I appreciate about this movie because, like, I think Jurassic Park three is pretty bad, and it's just dinosaur, dinosaur, dinosaur. And I like how I feel like this movie's action packed in the second half. But you know, you've got the scene of the car falling out of the tree. You've got the scene of Ellie running through the woods where the Raptors are in there, but they're, you don't see them. And then you've got, you got the scene with her, her uh, flipping the, you know, the circuit breakers back on while everyone's climbing the fence, which like, yeah, sure. Tim should have died, but, (laughs) but but, like the scene itself is really suspenseful. And I really like that we have like three separate scenes that don't, you know, the dinosaurs don't overstay their welcome in this movie. They, you know, they show up, their scenes are impactful, but the reason I think they're impactful is because they're not, they don't, we don't see them too much. What do you guys think? That's a good point. I think, I think it balanced out the suspense between, you know, the real enemies and then, yeah, like the, the Jeep falling was one of the few scenes that, yeah, significant other actually was like focused on completely because, you know, yeah, was, no, it grows her. Like, again, having seen these movies, like my feelings on the movie, I'm always like, that's an awesome scene, but I can't tell if it's just 30 years of like, inertia and me just being like, I've said that so many times, I just believe it. But that's why, so my brother watched this movie with his son yesterday and his son loved it, which makes me think that this movie is just well done. But uh, there's no, there's no question. It's well done. Yeah. But uh, any other notable scenes that uh, we didn't touch on? Well, the, I think the best scene in the movie for sure is the T-Rex showing up. Yes. Right before that, the cup. The water in the cup. I know. Shaking. That's like such a classic scene. Like just the, the footsteps. And I mean, ob- like obviously as viewers, you know, something's coming and you're very suspenseful. But I, you know what? Even going back before that, I love like, you know, they introduced the T-Rex pen early on, you know, in the day. And then, you know, they go off to the Triceratops and then they're coming back and the power goes off. And, you know, you have some frenetic scenes where they're all like trying to get the power back on. And then, and then one of the characters asks, where did they? Where did they stop? And then it's just a quick cut to to the goat, the pan, like the T Rex paddock, and it's like it tells a viewer right then, oh, oh shit, you know what's coming. And I think that's that's, I mean, that's great filmmaking. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to talk about Nedry's Nedry's death. It's one of I think it's another suspenseful scene, like having the Dilophosaurus very. Uh, See, and, and this is where I think Wayne Knight is great in this movie, like. When he's panicking as Newman would, it it fits. It's as perfect. New, as Newman would. This is why Wayne Knight is great playing Newman from Seinfeld. No, but like the reason I don't like Wayne Knight is he just comes off really one note. Like his line of, no wonder you're extinct. I'm just like, that sounds like such a cheesy line. Like a cheesy line that a unlikable character would say. Like, you know, it's it felt forced to me in like, 
Well, oh, it's, it's also funny because when they're walking up the stairs, you know, and Dr. Grant's saying, well, what are we going to do now? Because obviously there's nothing to dig if dinosaurs exist. And I believe Dr. Malcolm's. No, it's it's uh, that's a good I think Dr. Grant says we're extinct now. I think Malcolm says because Grant says we're going to be out Malcolm of a job. Sa- and Malcolm, Malcolm, says, Malcolm says, don't you mean extinct? And then they they cut out him riding out of the building so on a T-Rex. I, I was watching the uh, behind the scenes footage and they're. Uh, Stop motion guy actually said when he saw the CGI, we're extinct. And they, oh, yeah. they wrote yeah, that I, into the movie. That, that's a good point. And I mean, that's got to be terrifying, though, because they mentioned how, like, because they, like you said, they were brought on to do the stop motion. And then, like, ILM was brought in to do the uh, CGI mid, mid movie. ILM, I think, was not brought in to do CGI, but then they were doing other CGI projects and said, why don't we try it? You mean, oh, okay, okay. I got gotcha. you. But, uh, yeah, so any other scenes, guys, or can we move to nitpicks? Well, I, I got my nitpick out of the way, but I, I think you no, nailed all the scenes. I think the helicopter scenes are really cool because they just show you how majestic this island is. Yeah, I love that introduction. But uh, I'm going to I'm gonna nitpick one one thing, really. Is there a reason that Ellie Sattler was not mauled to death by the raptors also? So she she escapes that uh, the, you know, the bunker and like shuts the gate and then she's crying and then it cuts to Muldoon being killed. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. But when she ran to the bunker, they could see it from where Muldoon was standing. So she basically should have witnessed Robert Muldoon's horrible demise because she's basically 30 feet away. And then the Raptors, what, just left? Well, I mean, if, you, if you're going to nitpick about this, the last scene of the movie, they should have been torn to pieces. And all of a sudden, the T-Rex comes in and eats the Raptors. I mean, well, let's, let's <laughs> you nit- just let's have n- to accept it. <laughs> let's nitpick that, uh, that last scene because... Uh, this the T Rex must have leveled up before that scene and, and got <laughs> and gotten his stealth abilities because he definitely showed up with no one noticing. Like, <laughs> yeah, how, how could you not hear it? Coming especially when the they Anthony, especially the thing you said with the cup of water. A <laughs> cup of water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like wouldn't I mean, like the floor been shaking and the, the bones dust and everyone just like turn up even the raptors. The like, movie should. <laughs> what the how the movie should have finished is you know we have Grant and Grant Sattler and the kids. Backing away from the raptors. They look at one raptor. They look at one raptor, another raptor. They should have then looked to the right and seen a T-Rex just walking towards them and been like, well, okay, that's weird. That would have been an even better reveal. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what? This is, this just goes back to my nitpick with the 40-foot drop. Like, you're having so much fun watching yes. this, you don't even care. Yes. And I was going to say that. So when I, that's what I'm saying. Like, Spielberg has this way with movies. Like, almost all of his movies that I like, like, I forget. Like, I pick apart movies like crazy, but- Almost all Spielberg movies, I feel like he does, he willingly does like, you know, he notices his whole, his holes in the plot, as Eric likes to call them. And then he goes with them because it's she in said the holes in the pot. Well, I said holes in the pot, <laughs> but uh, he goes with them because it's in the service of having the best, most impactful moment, which is what I think that final scene is. So uh, Eric, uh, got any final thoughts and your rating for this movie? You know what? It's a very fun movie. And it was just such a groundbreaking movie. I mean, you know, if you think it for 1993, this was such a groundbreaking movie. I'm giving it a solid nine out of 10. All right. Anthony, wow. what are your thoughts? It's hard for me to separate my nostalgia from my current yeah. eyes. I remember just being completely taken away on this adventure when I saw it and the dinosaurs and, you know, the action and coming back and watching it it's hard for me not to nitpick at the scenes that are purposely, you know, done for a, a younger for, audience. For young Anthony. For, for young me. So <laughs> yeah. I hate to say it, but I'm going to rate it lower than I 
would have going into the movie, watching it again. So I'm I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Oh man, right? Jeez, because this is not a pointless rewind. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> there right. was overall great movie, yeah. great suspense parts. Second half, I thought the yeah. buildup was slower than it needed to be. I yeah. thought there were some cheesier lines uh, in the yeah. movie, like we had brought up, and it sort of took me out of the headspace I was in going into the movie. Uh, at times. So safe That's to say you will you will not be watching it again unless it just happens to be on TV. I think like you've mentioned that uh, your brother showed it, showed it to his kids. I think that's yeah. a potential because I, I think it's still a good movie. You're going to show it to my brother's kids? Exactly. I'm going to come <laughs> over and show it to your brother's kids. What the, what the hell, man? That is, that, that is not cool. But uh, no, I hate sorry. to say it. I, I, I didn't want to, but I felt yeah. different. No, no. This movie. Yeah, that's, that's why we're doing this podcast because I... I wanted to do this podcast because I rewatched the shit out of things, and I and I knew these guys like don't like Anthony doesn't rewatch things quite like I do, and Eric does, but much more selectively than me. So I thought it would be a good merging of the minds. So uh, I'll rewatch Die Hard as many times as you want. <laughs> All right, man. One thing I'd like to add is uh, what did bring me back to exactly yeah. how I felt back then was the music. Oh yeah. The music really takes you back to that place, that sense of adventure, that score. Let me ask you then, do you, are you guys familiar with like John Williams' music? Oh, yeah. So do you think this is one of his best scores or his best score? It's hard because, you know, you got Star Wars yeah. and- uh, Superman. You know, and Jaws. His and all stuff that is stuff. so good. Like it's, it's, everything is so memorable in its way and it's tied yeah. to that specific movie and that feeling. That's a good point. So I have to say, this is probably the most adventurous sounding yeah. score. I would argue that Indiana Jones is like on par in terms of adventure, but I feel like Jurassic Park has that adventure plus the wonder. Indiana Jones is less wonder and more like just bombastic fun. So, so our but, last uh, our last tie in to this week was CGI. You've just nailed our tie in into next time. I spoiler alert, Mister Jump Ahead strikes again. Well, after, <laughs> wait, Chandra, did you review it? I have I have not reviewed it yet, but. Uh, Mr. Jump Ahead jumped ahead, but he only jumped ahead like two minutes. So Mr. Jump Ahead has become less prevalent. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so more like Mr. Wait Ahead now. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, I've watched this movie. So I watch it like basically once a year. I'm ha- I plan on continuing to watch it once a year. I think probably similar to Anthony. I had so you know I had all these moments when I was a kid like that had gave me this wonder. But since I instead of waiting 20 years to watch it again, I watched it every year. I never lost that sense of wonder. So I'm going to give it a 92 out of a hundred. It's Did you uh, just change the scale on us. We've all been doing out of 10. He's always been doing it. <laughs> no, I, my scale, my, my scale is out of a hundred and my scale actually has like decibels to the fifth point. So I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to go through that. So, but uh, no, of the three movies we've watched, it just barely beat out T2, but on my scale, like a 90 is basically, like anything above a nine is different levels of perfect. Like it's just like perfect. So above a nine, you will rewatch an endless amount of times. I think above an eight, I would rewatch an endless amount of times. Cause I would rewatch like, like eight and above for me is like great. Nine and above is at classics. And like, but uh, I think Jurassic Park is, it hits me. It like get, gets me on like all the points that I want. Like I want, you know, I like all the characters. I like, you know, the characters aren't any, like very deep. Like, you know, Alan Grant is not, is like he's not memorable enough to even get a section about Sam Neill on this podcast. So, I mean, Dr. But, Malcolm's the one you probably learn the most about his personality. Even, even and, him, and Hammond, it's, and it's, Hammond. Even that, like the like I like all the characters. They're 
they're not as deep as like, you know, the characters in like some, you know, other movies, but they're just, they're enjoyable to be around. The music as we've, we've talked about is great. The direction, the dinosaurs are obviously great. Like I always feel like I'm uh, just having the time of my life when I'm watching this. So 92 out of a hundred, no one can change my mind. Yeah. I almost wonder like if we're biased, cause like, yeah, I know I'm nostalgic for the nineties. So I, I wonder if my bias factors into my ratings, but I, I just love stuff <laughs> from the nineties. Most of the movies I watch yeah. are from the late eighties and the nineties. Most, yeah. most of the music I listen to too, as well. It's definitely a thing for me, at least like there's only a few movies in like the two thousands that I, I think Lord of the Rings, the Dark Knight trilogy, like that I watch as much as these, but, uh, dude, where's my car? <laughs> dude, where's, dude, where's my car? Classic. But, uh, any final thoughts, any final parting thoughts? I'd say if you haven't seen Jurassic Park, you should see it and turn it up. Cause man, there's some parts where it'll, oh, yeah, jump you, at you. you got to watch it at night when it's dark and you need the volume up. Oh, surround sound, man. That the biggest part of the T-Rex, not Dolby digital though. Cause this is DTS. Yeah. First, first, first movie to use, I think digital sound, which as a non sound guy, I actually don't know what the hell that means, but it sounded cool. <laughs> but, uh, next week we're going to talk Raiders of the Lost Ark that Eric uh, tried to spoil, but he didn't quite spoil it. So, so hopefully we caught you just, I know <laughs> hopefully that, hopefully that revelation has blown your minds, but, uh, <laughs> So Anthony blown their minds like Belloc's head explodes at the end of that movie. But hey, come on. I know, we just spoiled Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end of a Jurassic Park All right, Park we got to pick a new movie now. <laughs> Wait, why? We, have you not seen? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Anthony, uh, where can we find you online? Find me at modhop.com. It's my other podcast. I talk about travel with my co-host. It's a good time. We just did an episode the other day. All right. And uh, Eric, what about you? You can find me at uh, ericsfredlove.com. Uh, yeah. I do some uh, photography as a hobby. Hobby. You can check out some awesome pictures. It's uh, www.erikesverdlov.com. All right, and you can find me at my blog. It's uh, it's currently still called Lazy Stream of Thoughtlessness, but I'm going to probably change it to Pointless Rewind to sync up with this. But uh, it's at uh, www.lazystreamofthoughtlessness.com. I write about most of the X Files, but uh, yeah, check it out. I do rankings, reviews. Just all sorts of nonsense. Statistics. Statistics, but I don't want to, I, I, I love the statistics, but I don't want to bore anyone. And now, now I feel like I've lost viewers instantaneously. So it's, a, it's an unfortunate- They couldn't stay for another 10 yeah, they seconds. they just couldn't. They're like, what? Statist- I'm out. I'm out. And like, we are not getting, we are not getting five stars on iTunes. The mode has just dropped off. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys liked it, subscribe and uh, keep listening. We got, we got more coming, but until then, this has been- a pointless rewind. rewind.